Introducing Pastor Idowu Iluyomade. Idowu Iluyomade attended the International School, University of Ibadan. He trained as a lawyer at the University of Ife, now Obafemi Awolowo University, Ileife, and graduated with an LLB honors degree in 1981. He proceeded to the Nigerian Law School and was subsequently called to the Nigerian Bar in 1982 and has since been in private legal practice. He's an advocate who enjoys the essence of advocacy and attends court regularly, representing high net worth individuals and blue chip companies. His interest lies in commercial practice, especially in the area of international trade finance, mergers and acquisitions, international joint ventures, energy law, commercial law, to mention a few. As a pastor at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, RCCG, Pastor ID, as he's fondly called, presides over Region 20, a Papa family of the RCCG headquartered at City of David and is also the special assistant to the general overseer for CSR. Pastor Idowu is the chairman of Visible Assets Limited. He's currently the vice chairman of the Pastor Enoch Adijari Adeboye Endowment Fund at the universities of Lagos and Ibadan. He is also the acting chairman, board of trustees of the Redeemers University, RUN Ede. He has authored various books, including It This, not ashamed between the mother hen and the bad mamas caught red-handed god's comprehensive insurance policy deliverance from the snare of the fowler at last amongst others he is happily married to his wife pastor shiju iluyomade and they are blessed with three children please welcome pastor idou iluyomade pastor idou iluyomade hallelujah Baka Satala <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord Praise the name of the Lord Can we clap for Jesus? Let's clap for Jesus The King of Kings The Lord of Lords The Covenant Keeping God Praise the name of the Lord. Please be seated for a minute. Eternal Rock of Ages, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the covenant keeping God, our gathering is not unto man but unto you. King of glory, O Lord, you're the one that ordered our footsteps aright to be here this hour. King of glory, O Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we know that even before we were born, you had some things to be done in our lives, even tonight. You have preordained some blessings to occur in our lives tonight. Father, that which is in your mind to do, do it in Jesus' mighty name. Meet every expectation in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray that at the end of this ministration, every one of us will have our own personal testimonies and you alone will be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. We are praying. If you believe that, just clap for Jesus. Let's clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. The covenant keeping God. The first thing I'd like to do is to define terms. The limited time that I have. A covenant, as you know, is an ironclad agreement between two parties. And they bind themselves to fulfill whatever obligation 
that they have said they're going to do. It's stronger than a mere agreement because really it's backed up with an oath. It involves a promise, a strong commitment, faithfulness, and loyalty even unto death. So it's a strong commitment that cannot be easily broken on both sides. But of course you know that the word covenant is a legal word. It can be between men in business, in an agreement. But the married covenant was initiated by God as a model of how covenants are supposed to be. When you marry your wife, you are supposed to be together till death. It is very strong. It is sacred. And that is why God says, I hate divorce. That is why some people joke and say that as a man, before you marry your wife, you are incomplete. But once you marry, you are finished. (laughs) But in a context... The covenant being referred to is the ironclad covenant between God and man. It's an agreement initiated by God and presented to man. The first question is how is a covenant relationship established? There are three ingredients here. The first is that there is a calling, an invitation initiated by God. He says, I want to bless you. I want to prosper you in all your ways. I want to make your name great. I want you to, I want to deliver you from every problem. I want to heal you. I want to banish sickness from your life, untimely death from your life, barrenness, stagnation, and failure from your life. And he lays down the terms of the agreement. So, It is initiated by God and their terms of the agreement. The second ingredient is that Deuteronomy 29 and 12. Deuteronomy 29 12 says that you must enter into the covenant with the Lord and into his oath. So it's not sufficient for there to be a covenant. You must consciously enter and agree that you want to be in this covenant relationship. And the third ingredient is in Deuteronomy 29 and 9. Deuteronomy 29 and 9. It says you must keep and obey your own side of the covenant. That you may prosper in all you do. So God initiates the covenant, gives you some terms. He wants to bless you. And then you consciously say, I agree. I want to be part of this covenant. And then you consciously obey your own part of the covenant. So how many of us want to enter into a covenant or are covenant children, even with God, even right now? Amen. Just wave your hand. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, it is a given. And I know that it's been said over and over and over. At your conference, not only this year, but in the past years, that our God is a covenant keeping God. He can be trusted, He's reliable, and He's dependable. 
And, you know, scripture is replete with, you know, sections and cases that show that our God is reliable. For example, Deuteronomy 7 and 9 says that our God is faithful and he keeps his covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. He is a covenant-keeping God. Psalm 105 and verse 8 says he remembers his covenant forever and the word he, which he commanded to a thousand generations. My prayer is that God will remember his covenant concerning you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Say a better amen. amen. Numbers 23 and 19. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Tonight is your night of celebration in Jesus' mighty name. Every word that God has promised you will come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and 20. Second Corinthians 1 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 55 and 11. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, The word that he speaks can never return to him void. It must accomplish. It must produce the effect and prosper in the thing that he sent it. The word is described in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the Amplified Version. Hebrews 4, 12, the Amplified Version. The word that God speaks, it says, for the word of God is living and active and full of power. Every silence in your life is broken tonight in Jesus' mighty name. The word of God will be active in Jesus' mighty name. It says, making it operative, energizing, and effective. If before now the word of God has not been effective in your life, it will be effective tonight in Jesus' mighty name. It says, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God will penetrate even your situation tonight, and your story will change for the better in Jesus' mighty name. First Thessalonians 5.24 First Thessalonians 5.24 says that faithful is he that called you who also will do it. Now, People wonder that why did God have to swear? He didn't have to swear. If God saw something and the color is white, if he says red, it will instantly change to red. But so why did he have to swear to Abraham? God backed his covenant with Abraham with an oath just to convince you and I that he's a covenant keeping God. And that is so clear in Hebrews 6, 13 to 18, the Amplified Version. Hebrews 6, 13 to 18, the Amplified Version. He says, for when God made the promise to Abraham, he swore an oath by himself, 
since he had no one greater by whom to swear, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he realized the promise in the miraculous birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come from God. Indeed, men swear an oath by one greater than themselves, and with them in all disputes, the oath serves as a confirmation of what has been said and is an end of the dispute. In the same way, God, in his desire to show to the heirs of the promise, that's us, the unchangeable nature of his purpose, intervened and guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to him for refuge will have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before you. Every promise that God has given you tonight is the night of manifestation in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, Romans 3.3, it says, even if we are not faithful, the Amplified Version, it says, what if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and his fidelity to his word? He says, God forbid. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. People of God, Psalm 138 and verse 2. Psalm 138 2 says, God be magnified and caused to be greater or more important than his word above all names. People of God, God says that he magnifies his word above all his names. And it's unfathomable to imagine that God who has a name above all names can attach greater importance to the fulfillment of his promise contained in his word. What more do you want him to tell you? Or to show you that if he said something, he will surely do it. He says, my covenant will I not break, nor utter the thing that has gone out of my lips. And you know, when he cut a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15, 9 to 20, God cut the covenant with Abraham by instructing him to divide animals apart, apart from the birds, into halves, and laying each one against another. The significance of cutting the animals into halves is equivalent to saying that the punishment for being a covenant breaker is to be halved in two like the slaughtered animals. This is the extent to which God went to show that he will not break his covenant and his promise concerning you in Jesus' mighty name. Daniel 3.16, 31.6. Daniel 31.6 says, God will not fail or forsake you. Say, Father. Say, Father. In the name of Jesus, every promise that you have given me, let tonight be a night of manifestation, of fulfillment. In Jesus, my dear. Lift up that prayer point, lift it up, lift up, that tonight will be a night of manifestation, of fulfillment. God has shown us that if he said it, he will do it. He will deliver, he will heal, he will open doors, he will promote, he will prosper. There is nothing that he cannot do. 
He has done it before. He will do it again in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. People of God, we're talking about covenants. There are many covenants spoken about in scriptures. Time will not permit us to talk about all of them. But there is a covenant that God entered in the Garden of Eden when he created man in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. They call it Edenic covenant. There is the Adamic covenant in Genesis 3, 15. There is the covenant he had with Noah. They call it Noahic covenant in Genesis 9, 1 to 3, 11 to 15, and Genesis 8 and 22. And of course, remember that one that says that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Has it ceased? No. God is a covenant keeping God. People of God, we also have the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12 and 2, the amplified version. I like that one. It says, I will make you a great nation. Say amen. It says, I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. How many of us want to receive that? I receive that. Amen. God will make your name famous. You will be distinguished in Jesus' mighty name. He will bless you with abundant favors. He will surround you with favor as with a shield. Say, I believe, I receive. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Mosaic covenant with Moses on Mount Sinai. And there is the Davidic covenant. Psalm 89, 28 to 37. Psalm 89, 28 to 37. God swore and made the covenant irrevocable. It was an everlasting covenant. It's called the sure mercies of David. Just because David just thought, look, I'm going to build a house. He said that even if his children have time, if they transgress, he will never remove his faithfulness and his covenant from them. He will chastise them, but that he will never remove his mercies as he removed it from Saul. And that he will not fail to have a man to sit on that throne. And that is why our Lord and Master Jesus Christ sometimes is called the son of David. It's called the sure mercies of David. My prayer is that yours today also will be the sure mercies of David in Jesus' mighty name. And of course we have the new covenant established by our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. An everlasting covenant. And Romans 15 and verse 8. Romans 15 verse 8 says something about Jesus Christ. He says, now I say. That Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. That, that all those promises, the old covenant, all the things of the other covenants, all those covenants were confirmed in the person of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. People of God, I pray that all these covenant promises will come to pass in your lives tonight in Jesus' mighty name as you keep your own side of the covenant. You know, when God makes a covenant with his people, he supports them. He, you know, like if there's a problem with the nation, NATO, if you are a member of NATO, 
They will send soldiers there. They will support you. God even supports us more. That was the king, King Hezekiah. He had a problem. The enemies came. God sent just one angel to kill 185,000 people. One angel. And of course, when he was sick, we know the story. He prayed to God. And God increased his life. Multiplied the number of his life by 15 years. I prophesied to somebody today that God will multiply the number of your days in Jesus' mighty name. Every agreement with untimely death is cancelled in Jesus' mighty name. God will remove your name from the congregation of the dead in Jesus' mighty name. Say, I believe. I receive. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. You know, it says in Isaiah 43 and verse 4 in the Amplified Version. Isaiah 43 and 4 in the Amplified Version. It says, because you are precious in my sight, you are honorable and I love you. I will give other men in return for you and other people in exchange for your life. So if they say somebody must die, you say, no, not my covenant child. Amen? People of God, that is the extent of the love and commitment of God to his covenant children. Our God is not Jehovah El Chippo. He's not a cheap God. He's Jehovah El Shaddai. A God that is more than enough. More than sufficient. And I know that God is here tonight. And he will bless each and every one of us. Beyond our expectations in Jesus mighty name. He will overwhelm you with his blessings in Jesus mighty name. Say a better amen. You see, our God is obviously not like one wealthy lawyer. The account says that one charitable organization approached him in his lovely office. He was very successful. And they went to him that, sir, our research shows that even though your annual income is in millions of dollars, you don't give a penny to any charity. Wouldn't you like to give something to this charity? Please give back to your community. The lawyer looked down and shook his head. He said, did your research also show you that my mother is dying after a long painful illness and she has huge medical bills that is far beyond her ability to pay? The people were embarrassed. They said, ha, we didn't know. He said, secondly, my brother is blind and confined to a wheelchair. He's unable to support himself and his wife and children. And did your research show you that? They said, sorry. And he said, again, did your research also show you that my sister's husband died from a dreadful accident, leaving her with a mortgage and three children, one of whom is disabled, the other has hearing disabilities, meaning we have to get an array of private tutors. And they replied, they said, sorry, sir. We had no idea. He now said, so if I did not give money to any of them, what makes you think I will give money to you? May God deliver us from stingy husbands, stingy wives, eh? stingy friends. Say a better amen. Let's clap for Jehovah El Shaddai, El Shaddai, amen, hallelujah. The one who is more than enough. Praise the name of the Lord. But people of God, God is faithful. If he said it, he will do it. But sometimes, we pray. 
We fast. In our church, as you know, we can fast for a hundred days. Sometimes we worship. We do good works. Yes. It appears the answer is not forthcoming. Or it is delayed. How many of us are still believing God for one or two things? How many of us? Hallelujah. Yes. Covenant children. And we begin to ask that didn't Jesus say in Matthew 7, 7 that ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. He said everyone that asks everyone that seeks everyone that knocks so if God is faithful to his word and keeps his side of the covenant then the problem must be with us and the answer to this question varies it varies it could be that there's just a delay it could be we have secret unconfessed sins. Do people have secret sins that nobody knows? Not even the pastor. Secret sins. Your husband might not know. Your wife might not know. God will deliver us from secret sins in Jesus' name. Maybe we don't ask in faith. Maybe God says, not yet. Or God says, no. Because he's sovereign and he does as he pleases. No one can question him. He's the one that looked at Jesus, the innocent one. He says, you, you are innocent, you didn't do anything, but you will die for sinners. He does as he pleases. Maybe as James chapter 4 verse 3 says, maybe you ask amiss. Or maybe that prayer is contrary to God's perfect will. Like Jesus prayed, Father, let this cup pass. I don't want to go on. But quickly said, well, not my will, but your will be done. So there's no way, if he didn't pull that one, God would never have answered that prayer. Because it was the will of God that he would go and die for you and I, and that would be the completion of the redemption story. But God says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 31 that sometimes, not all the time, men are covenant breakers. People of God, it could be also that maybe we forget our own side of the covenant. That is why in Deuteronomy 31, 9 to 13, Deuteronomy 31, 9 to 13, Moses said every seven years, Bring the law and let us read it to refresh our memories. But in our own dispensation, the law is written on our heart. But you need to be reading the Bible to refresh your memories. People of God, sometimes prayers are delayed. Sometimes we wait. It's not forthcoming. But when Joshua could not prevail against a small town of Ai, he prayed investigative prayers. He says, God, this is not supposed to be. You are a faithful God. God said, there is sin in the camp. People of God, 
God wants to answer all our prayers tonight. But I believe that tonight, God is saying that the reason why some of us still have unanswered prayers is because of procedural errors made by us in approaching God. I had him. It might not apply to everybody. Once we sort that out, and we will tonight, everyone's prayers will be answered tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Procedural errors. But please mark me. God can overlook procedure. He can break protocols. You know that. David was wrong. He entered the temple, not only alone, but with his ragtag soldiers. And they ate the shoe bread. That's only priests that can eat. And God looked away. Another king drank with the cup. And that same hour, one hand wrote, Mene, Mene, eh? Which means you are done for. That night he died. Naaman the leper had a bad attitude. When the prophet said, I'm not coming out, just go and bath in a river. I said, and there are many other rivers. He was going away. If I were God, with that kind of bad attitude, I would say, no way. But sometimes God looks away. He can break protocols. There's a number, there's a, there's a story in Numbers 17 and verse 1 to 10. People were, all the, all the tribes of Israel, they were, they were, they were, you know, uh, they had an argument that who is the leader? He now said, Moses, tell all of them, including Aaron, take your rods I used to walk, take it to the temple. He says, by tomorrow morning you will see who the leader is. All of them put their dead rods in the temple. By tomorrow morning, it was only Aaron's rod that budded, that fruited, and had blossoms. This is a process of, he had almonds, of eight years, God cut it short and did it overnight. And I pray that God will cut short even somebody's waiting period tonight in Jesus' mighty name. So God can break protocols. That is grace. That is favor. But tonight, God is saying that there are some procedural errors. You know, I want to take us to the courtroom setting. The word covenant is a legal word. And God is the judge of the whole earth. Genesis 18.25. He is a judge. God the Father, just imagine him sitting on the throne in the supreme court of heaven. And the earth is his footstool. And of course, we have sitting on his right hand, our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, our advocate. First John 2.1, he's our lawyer. Jude 1.24, he says that he's the only one that can present us faultless before God. He's our lawyer. You know, 
You can't claim anything in a last will and testament until the person that wrote it dies. That is why Jesus Christ died. And usually they appoint executors. But he rose from the dead. And Jeremiah 1, 12, in the Amplified Version, he says, Jesus said, I am going to be my own executor. I will watch over the world to perform it in your life. Amen? He rose from the dead. All those promises, he says, I can't trust anybody to make sure they come to pass. He says, he watches over his word to perform it in your life. Revelation 12.10 We have Satan who is the prosecutor. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren and he accuses us before God day and night. Can you see the picture of the courtroom? Can you see, imagine the picture of the courtroom? We have the Holy Spirit who is the enforcer or who lawyers call deputy sheriff. He enforces judgment. The judge will not get up from the, 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 the Holy Spirit will enforce it and he has bailiffs who are angels who the Bible says minister to the heirs of salvation. People of God, when Satan left heaven, he left with one third of the angels. So we have two thoughts or more. That's why the Bible says that greater are those with us than against us. Now, God is not the author of confusion. He's a God of order and principles. He set things in orbit. The sun, the moon, the earth is suspended on nothing but his word. There are protocols. Remember I said that he can waive protocols and he will for some people tonight. But I heard that for some people, <laughs> we need to get things right. You don't just enter the presence of a king anyhow. Even in, in, in England, when you appear before the queen, when you are leaving the queen, you are not permitted to turn your back. If this is the queen, when you are leaving, you have to go back. There are protocols. That's why they were enraged when President Obama's wife met the queen. She patted the queen on the back. It was breach of serious protocol. It was all over the papers. So there are protocols. You must seek God in the prescribed order. David learned the hard way. When he was transporting the ark to Jerusalem, they were worshipping and dancing, but the ark was on a cart instead of being carried by Levites on a stave, and God killed Uzzah. So, David went to God. In 1 Chronicles 15, 13, the Amplified Version, he says, now I know what happened. God caused a breach among us because we did not, you know, seek him after due order. After the ordained order. When David came against Goliath, he did not say, I come against you in the name of Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Jireh. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. God has various names. You use the right name, the door will be open. Amen? 
Praise the name of the Lord. Look at creation. The moon, the stars, the sun. Everything is in place. Look at the face of your neighbor. You see, your nose cannot be anywhere else. It can't be anywhere else. The greatest surgeon, plastic surgeon, cannot put it anywhere else and it looks fine. That's why the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully created. The eyes can't be anywhere else. But if you look at some people's nose, you see that they are more fearfully than wonderfully created. Amen? Hallelujah. When you want to approach God, Psalm 104 verse 4 says, you will enter my gates with what? And my courts with what? He says, my house shall be a house of prayer. Matthew 31 and 13. It was because the disciples saw the efficacy of prayer that they asked Jesus in Luke 11 1. He says, please teach us how to pray. Luke 18 1. Jesus says, men ought always to pray and not faint. First Thessalonians 5 17, pray without season. Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. I've set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the name of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest until he establish. My prayer is that tonight will be a night of establishment in Jesus' mighty name. Philippians 4 6 says, It is through prayers and supplication with thanksgiving that we make our request to God and receive answers. Prayers, supplications with thanksgiving. This is an invitation to approach the bench of the Supreme Court of Heaven with our requests. Now, today all of you are going to court. Amen? God has given us a preview of how your case will go. Because we have a God who says in Isaiah 46.10, Isaiah 46.10, he says he can declare the end result from the beginning. That's why he says in Isaiah 3.10, that say it to the righteous, it shall be well with him. And he says in particular, in Isaiah 43.26, the Amplified Version, he says, remind me of your merits through a thorough report. Let us plead and argue together. Set forth your case. State your position that you may be justified. That's how it will end. And God has said that at the end of today, you will be discharged and acquitted. And all your prayers will be answered in Jesus' mighty name. He says, plead your case. Let's argue together that you may be justified. Justified means to be proved right, to be Vindicated. That's why I know that tonight some people are going away with their testimonies in Jesus' mighty name. Procedure. A God of order and principles. You know, as a lawyer, I know that when you are approaching a court, there are various ways of approaching a court. You can file a writ of summons if the facts are in dispute. But if the facts are not in dispute, you file an originating summons. That means that, you know, the facts are not in dispute. It's just the law. You have originating motion. You have petition. So you don't just go anyhow. If you go anyhow, they can throw away 
your case. Now talking about prayer. There is an order of prayer. This might only be for tonight. Second Timothy 2 1. Second Timothy 2 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. First of all supplications. I know there are many kinds of powerful prayers. Prayer of agreement, prayer of faith, but from the prescribed order, God is telling somebody that I want tonight a prayer of supplication because that is the first one of all according to my order. And when I checked the Strong's Dictionary, I found out that supplications is defined as a petition. So tonight we are going to petition the King of Glory. And a petition is a formal written request that follows appropriate legal order. And it is addressed to a person of supreme authority requiring an action is taken. Of course, you know about petitions that people write petitions to themselves. It's written. There's a place for general prayers and there's a place for specific prayers written down so that you can have specific results. So the prayer of petition is used for very critical and almost impossible situations when you need immediate answer. That's the difference between God bless me and Father give me a son. That's the time for fervent prayers. That's the time for silent prayers. It's a time for violent prayers. The kingdom of God of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. There's a time for prayers like the one of Jacob. I will not let you go unless you bless me. It's a time for it is written prayers. Once it's written, you can refer to it and it cannot be distorted. Revelation 22 and 19 ends the Bible with a curse. It says anyone that distorts anything that is written here, God will take away his name from the book of life. And as a lawyer, the law says that facts that are written down cannot be controverted. It's so serious that once you write it down, then it's forever settled. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision down. Write your requests down. Write your dreams down. Revelations 1.11, God told John, everything you see, write it down and send to the churches. Revelations 2.18, write it down. Revelations 3.14, write it down. Revelations 19.9, write it down. Revelations 1.19, write it down. Prayer of petition. It's a formal request. Once you have written it down, then you can come boldly to the throne room of grace to receive favor and help in your hour of need. What you write down cannot be cancelled forever. It's forever settled. David used this kind of prayers and he got instant results. Psalm 28 to Psalm 38 to 12. God turned his morning into dancing. And God will turn somebody's morning into dancing today in Jesus' name. So God says, let us pray together.
pleading is a statement of claim. You state what you want. It must be backed by the will of God. Precedence. Which is contained in the covenants. The Bible says, state your case. You need to let your lawyer, Jesus, know, have the facts and the ammunition to be able to effectively plead your cause today. My prayer is that every unanswered prayers, tonight is your night in Jesus' mighty name. So the Bible says, or the song says, going up to the high places, going up to the high places, going to the high places, to tear the devil's kingdom down. Amen. Now, we are going to approach the bench. The court. And that's why I brought this. When I use this and I say court, everybody stands. Amen? Court! Hallelujah. Please try and understand what God has brought today. I know I didn't start at um, 7. So I have some little 5-10 minutes. God can override procedure. Do you know? He can break protocols. And he will break protocols tonight in Jesus' mighty name. But you see, the fact that you know President Buhari doesn't mean that you just enter your car and just go to Asorok and you think they will open for you. There are protocols. Even in church, there are protocols. So God is saying that for some people tonight, he's going to overlook and he's going to break protocols. But for some, you need to obey proper procedure. It says, first of all, petition, and a petition is a prayer that is written down. So, I have written our confessions down. When you are supposed to put your name, just write your name. Amen? Or type your name. Amen? So, now we are standing before the Supreme Court of heaven. I've told you, judge is on the throne. Jesus is sitting at his right hand. Satan, the accuser of brethren that accuses you, says, what? You? You want God to answer you? Come and answer what? You lied yesterday now. But Jesus ever lived to make intercession for us. The Holy Spirit is waiting to enforce the judgment. The angels are waiting to enforce the judgment. That is why tonight God will answer you by fire in Jesus' mighty name. So, I'm done. But, we are going to read, you read your case before God tonight. So they should put it up. I think I sent something. Amen. Aha. We will just read it. In faith. So the case number says 12418. That's today, isn't it? In the matter of Idowu, you put your name, eh? Aha, you write your name. In the matter of Idowu, 
as petitioner in the Supreme Court of the universe. Please, let us read this together and be serious. There is a time when you will write your requests because it needs to be written down. But I've done most of it for you. Amen? So we are going to read together. You know, the thing says, now comes you put your name there. Amen? Are we ready? Do we understand what we are saying here today? Now, we read together now. Why are you looking at me, right? Now comes Idowu, hearing after referenced as petitioner, and filed this uh, written request for specific relief for the reasons hearing after set forth. Pursuant to the directions of the tribunal hereof, wherein we are directed to make petition to wit Ephesians 6:17, wherein it states that we are to take the word of God, praying always with all prayer, supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. While petitions acknowledge the pleadings before this tribunal may be oral, it is petitions intent and desire to set forth this their request in plain and concise language, articulating the uncompromising word of God, which forms the basis of their request. Now, there is a Latin maxim. It says, Vigilantibus non dormentibus jura sovereignty. It says, The law does not aid the ignorant or the indolent or one that sleeps on his rights. Even the law of our land. You can't say, I don't know. You go and slap somebody. So, it is important for you to put yourself in this. That's why we are standing. We are in court. We are stating our case. Jesus is there as your advocate. Amen? So, the pleadings, you know, the Bible says, come, let's plead together. State your case, your merits. We know how it will end. He says, so that you can be justified. Amen? But we must state our case. Pleadings. Statement of claim. Paragraph 1. Jurisdiction and authority. Petitioners are properly before this authority and this authority has jurisdiction to hear and rule upon this matter. Furthermore, petitioners have capacity to bring this request and petitioners are entitled to the relief sought for the reasons herein set forth. We are citizens of the kingdom of God and thus make our petitions to our Lord, the righteous judge. See 2 Timothy 4, 8. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. See Colossians 1, 13, 2. The ruler has authority to rule in this matter by virtue of the authority granted him. Reference Exodus 15, 18. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. See also Hebrews 1, 8. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. 
a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Three, this tribunal has stated that petitions brought before it in accordance with the express will of the judge will be granted. See 1 John 5, 14, 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Isaiah 43, 26, Amplified. Remind me of your merits. Let us plead and argue together. State your position. Set forth your case that you may be justified, proved right. Four, we have the right and authority to approach the bench, the throne of this tribunal, boldly to proclaim a petition, reference Hebrews 4.16. Paragraph 2, counsels for petitioner. Petitioners hereby advise this tribunal that they are represented by counsel, whose name is, among others, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is our advocate with the Father. See 1 John 2.1. Paragraph 2. Change of representation by counsel. Petitioners advise and represent to this tribunal that past counsel, Satan, has been dismissed and no longer represents petitioners in any matter. And specifically, petitioners plead to this tribunal that past counsel is without authority of any kind or basis or origin as pertains to petitioners. See John 17, 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not for the world. Paragraph 4. Ability of petitioners to address the tribunal. Petitioners hereby advise this tribunal that they are thankful to have the right and the privilege to present their case before a righteous judge who has done great things on behalf of the petitioners and all others seeking relief before this tribunal. See Psalm 136 1 to 26. And therefore, petitioners enter this court with thanksgiving and praise. See Psalm 1004. Petitioners further submit to this tribunal that the Supreme Court has directed all persons under its constituency to submit prayers and supplications with thanksgiving. See Philippians 4 6. With which petitioners hereby joyfully comply. Hallelujah. Clap if you are clapping. Amen. How many of us know we are making progress? Paragraph 5. Basis for request for grant of relief. Petitioners base this claim for relief in contract, calling the tribunal's attention to the terms of the agreement as established in the statutory code herein after referenced as the old covenant and established by sworn testimony 
of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Hebrews 6.13, for who God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. This covenant is based on statements recorded by the court reporter of the Supreme Court, the Holy Spirit, through Moses. See Exodus 24, 8. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. And further recorded the concept in Nehemiah 9.38, wherein it was stated, And because of all this, we make a sure covenant, and write it, and our princes, Levites, and priests seal unto it, thus establishing the precedent for reliance upon a sealed covenant. This covenant was subsequently modified and ratified by and through the acts of the agent of the tribunal and our advocate, Jesus Christ, as signified through the official seal of the Supreme Court, which was his blood. Therefore, the blood incontrovertibly verifies and establishes the documentation hereinafter referenced as the new covenant. See Hebrews 13, 20. Our Lord Jesus, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, and Hebrews 12, 24, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling. Paragraph 6. Evidentiary matters. Opposing counsel is hereby stopped, precluded from denying the veracity of the above reference agreement, its legitimate nature, or from introducing any testimony in regard thereto, as opposing counsel is a liar and the truth is not in him. He is the father of all lies and as such cannot in any form or fashion contradict the evidence introduced herein. See John 8:44. Ye are of your father the devil, who abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. We have blown the enemy away. Paragraph 7. Request grant for relief. Petition having established, one, that they are properly before this tribunal, two, that they are entitled to the relief sought, and three, that this tribunal has the power and authority to implement any judgment, decree, or order entered herein, hereby plead to this tribunal that they be granted the following specific request for relief based on the following set out specific reliefs sought in this petition. So, type or write your relief. Write it. I'll give you one minute. Whatever you are believing God for, is either you type it on your phone, or you cram it, or you write it. People of God,
This is specific for tonight. Amen? I heard God. God will answer you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever you are believing God for, write it. Nineteen ninety-five, when they said we should go and start church for two weeks, don't listen to me. I was disturbed. Nineteen ninety-five September. I now had a vision, my first vision, and I saw God. And he gave me some instructions. And God has fulfilled most, if not all, that he told me. So it's not the idea you knew in Egypt. <laughs> I'm here on assignment. One more minute. Write it down. Petition is formal. When you put it on your phone, if you don't have paper, ask your neighbor. Please give me paper. I heard clearly. If you finished, just wave so that we can continue. We're almost done. If you finished, wave. Amen. Another five minutes we're done. We have to go on now. You can write the rest later. <laughs> Paragraph eight. Uh-uh. That's it, right? Do you need more time? If you need five more minutes, wave. If you need two more minutes, just wave. Two more minutes. Pastor? Please believe God. The just shall live by faith. You are a covenant child. God wants to remove the comma in your life. The only comma is he, he wants to answer you. He's eager to answer you tonight. Paragraph 8. Other procedural matters. Petition here, petitioners hereby further represent to this tribunal the following matters for consideration. One, to the extent the pleadings contained herein are insufficient, our advocate, Jesus Christ, we plead our case. Hebrews 7.15, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Petitioners remind the tribunal that according to Romans 8.26, the Holy Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. Two. Petitioners submit this petition representing 
to this tribunal that they have forgiven all third parties, which representation is a condition precedent to the receipt of the relief requested herein. See Mark 11:25. And when you stand praying, forgive if you had aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Three, petitioners hereby confidently submit that this request for relief must be granted by the righteous judge of this tribunal by way of summary judgment. That is to say that no further hearing is necessary upon the matter in that petitioners A have met all requirements set forth in the world for the grant of this petition B that petitioners request is properly founded in that it is not for petitioners lost and finally C the petitioners are in a covenant relationship with the covenant keeping God who says in Psalm 89:34 that my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips and in Proverbs 10, 24, that the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Prayer. Wherefore, petitioners, having pled before this court, those matters establishing their entitlement to the relief sought, and having presented sufficient conclusive evidence to support the findings sought, hereby request this tribunal to enter a summary judgment which grants to petitioners all relief sought and for such other relief as this tribunal shall find appropriate dated this 12th day of April 2018. Hallelujah! Now, there's only one judge. And because I'm here and I have the millet, I will be the one to read the judgment. So, there's a short recess, one minute. You want to catch your breath? You are praying in tongues that God, please answer me. Once you hear this, we stand again and I will read the judgment. Court! The court is now in session. This is the judgment and decree of this tribunal. Whereas on the above reference date, the 12th day of April 2018, in the above reference course, this tribunal has conducted a full hearing of all matters hearing. And whereas this tribunal does find the petitioner's hearing to be entitled to a grant of the relief sought. Now, therefore, it is ordered, adjudged, and decreed that the petitioners receive that relief sought above. And be it further ordered, adjudged, and decreed that such relief sought is granted immediately. Pursuant to Mark 11, 23 to 25, and Isaiah 43, 
26, amplified. Be it further ordered that by virtue of the provisions of Joel 2.25, Psalm 90 verse 15 NLT version, and Isaiah 61.7 amplified version, I hereby compensate you for lost time and the years of waiting and I hereby give you gladness in proportion to your former misery and replace the evil years with good I also replace your former shame with double honor and in your land and your career you will receive double what you have forfeited and everlasting joy shall be yours be it further ordered adjourned and decreed that the agents of this tribunal are directed to implement such findings immediately pursuant to Psalm 102 verse 13 NIV version that says the designated moment for your favor is now Ezekiel 12 28 that says there shall none of my words be prolonged anymore but the word which I have spoken shall be done saith the Lord God Psalm 103 20 his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. And Hebrews 1.14 that says, angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. 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 I will praise him from everlasting, everlasting to everlasting. I will praise him from everlasting, everlasting to everlasting. everlasting. I will praise him from everlasting, everlasting to everlasting. I will praise him. Will you praise him? Will you praise him? Everlasting. I will praise him. Everlasting. I will praise him. Everlasting. Eternal rock of ages, we bless your holy name. The king of glory, the judge of the whole world, we thank you. The just shall live by faith. Even before we ask you, we know that you have already done it. You are a covenant-keeping God. Father, we thank you, Lord, because tonight you have answered all our prayer requests. Amen. Father, answer by fire in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. That which you have done tonight, let it be permanent. Amen. Let it manifest. Amen. 
and let our joys be full. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> A shout of victory in the house. A shout of victory in the house. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.